Welcome and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary and me, Ron Rains, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Do what's best for your kid and for yourself because if you can't take care of yourself, you're definitely not going to be able to take care of that kid and that's not fair. And I know that my daughter will be well taken care of with them. Don't have an abortion. Give this child a chance. All I could think about was needing to save my son. My name is Kelly Rourke-Scary. I am the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and creator of the You Before Me campaign. I have a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. I was adopted at the age of three days, born to a teen birth mother, raised in a closed adoption, and reunited with my birth mother in 2007. I have worked in the adoption field for over 15 years. And I'm Ron Raines. I've worked in radio since 1999. I was the co-host of two successful morning shows in Prescott, Arizona. Now I work for my wife, who's an adoption attorney, and I'm able to combine these two great passions and share them on this podcast. Adoptive families. When you read online about adoption, and I get a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. For people who just find out that I work in the adoption field, it's always, isn't adoption so hard to do? And I've heard that from the very beginning. And that's something that, you know, Angie, the other co-founder and I have always maintained from the beginning is that we wanted to make it a process that wasn't so difficult. Right. You know, the emotional aspect of adoption, we can't make that any easier other than providing support. Right. But the other aspects of adoption, we really wanted to try to help families make it achievable, you know, make it so it wasn't such a foreign idea and... That's something that we've worked really hard on. So I think that this podcast, I'm really hoping that for those families out there that are considering adopting, that they can listen and be reassured that this is something you can do. And I think that's important, not just, again, from the adoptive family side, but from the birth mother side, because had I known more about the adoption process when I was, you know, 18, 19 years old, and had I not thought of it as something that well, that's not something I could do. You know what I mean? I think maybe yeah. my choices in life as a young man would have been different. And so I think it's important that you're getting the information out there, plus you're making it easier on both sides. I agree. For the process. And again, I commend you for your bravery and, and oh. honesty in that. Because oh. I think that if men like you that have had the experience that you've had don't step up and share that experience, mm-hmm. then we can't learn from it. You know, they always say, what, what is the saying? Um, you learn about history so it won't repeat itself. Right, exactly. And that's the same philosophy that I'm using with your analogy, mm-hmm. is that if you share with others your regrets, then hopefully other, you know, other people can learn and not have to go through what you went through. Right. And... Again, I, I just, it's it's a brave thing you're doing. And um, I, yeah. I look at it as, and I know this isn't the topic we're on this week. No, that's but okay, I, though. It's yeah. kind of veered. But uh, not only will it be something that, say, birth fathers and birth mothers, hopefully years down the line, won't regret then because they've made a different decision, but also 
you think of the families who, in my case, weren't blessed by my choice, and the families that will be blessed with a ch- and the child him him or herself that will be blessed through this decision. So hopefully, more people choose adoption over the other. You know, one thing you had said in a previous podcast that again we have veered, so that's okay. <laughs> Sorry, tangent, but that's we're good. Um, you had said something before, and you had shared it, so I hope it's okay that I reference it Certainly. and we go back. You had said that when you were initially sharing that that you your ex wife had had an abortion, mm-hmm. that that wasn't something that you had shared with your family members. No. Have any of them heard the podcasts? No, I don't believe any of my family have heard the podcast. Okay. So I've talked about them, but I don't know that they listen to podcasts in general. So nobody has come and asked you any questions? No. Or... No. Okay. Maybe that... I'll recommend that particular podcast. I think that, and the podcast we're referring to is uh, Abortion from a Father's Perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is your finest work. So I think that you should be nothing but proud if if they were to hear it. It was definitely probably my most difficult thing to do on the air, whether it be in radio or now the podcast. It was tough to get through, but uh, I, I am proud. I hope it does change people's hearts. I have to ask, has your son heard it? I don't know. He hasn't. I'll share it with him, I promise. All right. I'm going to ask you in a future <laughs> okay, podcast. Okay. So our listeners are, are listening. <clears throat> okay. All right. Uh, but when you're ready, when you're ready. Yeah. All right. So in the past, you know, I think a lot of reasons that the misconceptions or notions that adopting a child or newborn may be difficult exist mm-hmm. is for reasons such as, you know, adoption in the past was not so openly discussed. No. I mean, even when I was a child, it really wasn't an open forum like it is now. Mm-hmm. You you didn't see families as common as you do now that had, you know, children of all colors and it wasn't it wasn't like it is now. It was so different. And I think in looking back and comparing from when I was a child to what I see now as an adult is the stigma is slowly dissolving. And I think it's because people are becoming more educated. And that is one of our main goals of this podcast. Absolutely. And I I think that as we become more knowledgeable and as we as a society become more accepting and understanding, we grow. By people being open to listen and learn and have an open heart about adoption, we're only going to go up from here. Right. Now, do you think back in the days like when we were kids or when you were adopted for instance do you think it was something that was shamed or just hidden i don't think it was shamed right i don't think that it was hidden at least in my situation because i do recall my parents talking with other people and sharing that i was adopted right i was the one who would cringe and be uncomfortable when i would overhear them talking about it with other people And it was, again, I'm attributing that to I didn't want to be different. Mm -hmm. Growing up, I didn't know any other children that were adopted. So, like, when the movie Annie came out, I really loved the movie Annie. 
I mean, I think I was Annie for years <laughs> for Halloween. Because you identified with I did. her. It's the only other I did. orphan or adoptee sure. that you had known. Okay. I did. And, you know, I remember my, my adoptive mom made me a little orphan Annie dress. And I loved it so much. I started wearing it all the time. And, <laughs> Halloween or not, you right, didn't care. Absolutely. I'm going to school. It was now my Sunday dress, you know. <laughs> and so I really felt like... I could identify. So because I didn't know anybody that was adopted, and I know there were there were children that my adoptive mom had, had introduced me to briefly, you know, in passing or, oh, so-and-so was adopted. But it wasn't, I didn't know anybody. I didn't have any friends that were adopted. I didn't, again, want to be looked at as different as many children don't. Right. They don't want to stand out. They don't, just like you said that you never wanted to be looked at as different. Right. And Absolutely. when, you know, when I was a young adult, I remember those feelings just didn't dissipate. Like it it took time. Looking back now, you know, I didn't come out of the adoption closet per se mm-hmm. until really when I started the agency. Really? It took that long? I had, sh- yes. I had shared it with a handful of people. But, you know, it also is one of those things where it had gone on so long. And so many of your friends that were lifelong friends. I mean, what do you turn and say, you know, after being friends with them for 15 years? Oh, by the way, I was adopted. I mean, what you know, it gets to the point where you almost corner yourself. Right. It's not like you're actually telling a lie or anything. No. You're just not discussing it. But right. then all of a sudden you think 15 years have gone by and Right. But nobody, then you wonder, well, is it a lie by omission? Because I never said anything. Right. I, I, I never volunteered that. And I had one friend that I went to college with, and I remember when uh, we started the adoption agency, and I was 34 at the time, so I'd been friends with her for 16 years, Mm -hmm. and I remember her calling me up and saying, you're adopted? (laughs) And I, you feel this like, like you're caught, you know what I mean? Because (laughs) you you hadn't disclosed it, and... And I remember saying, yeah. And I was so uncomfortable. All I wanted to do was get off the phone. I kept thinking, okay, can somebody call me? Can someone like do something so I can get off the phone? Somebody unplug the thing. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> do the crackling. Remember the old, you know, oh, I think there's static right. on the phone. Um, and she uh, and she said, well, you, you, you look so much like your brother. And, you know, I've been to your adoptive family's house and they're your adoptive family. Like she was so mind boggled that I'd never said anything. Right. It makes you really think, you know, as an adopted child, do I owe my friends? Do I, do I need to say that I'm different? Right. Like, do, like, okay, here's an example. Okay. So you can't distinguish colors. Right. When you become friends with somebody, do you need to tell them that? No. Okay. You don't. So and then, when I was adopted, did I need to disclose that? I don't think so. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. So, and I do see the, the discomfort because... Then, for instance, in my case, when somebody says, hey, can you go grab me the blue blanket? And I'm like, I don't believe I can. <laughs> you know, I, I've yeah. had people do that for years. Even people who know that I'm colorblind. I've done it to you. You know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Not, not on purpose. Family members. My wife does it still. Not often, but every now sure. and then she'll catch herself going, oh, that's right. And, But yeah, it's not something that, it is a weird you know, situation you get in. It is. And again, at what point do you say in the relationship, like I said, with a friend, oh, hey, guess what? Right. When you first meet somebody, there's no need to tell them well, that. Well, that, sure. Well, like, why would you? Because and it's, at what point does it become no, necessary? 
frame of reference for me as to it being any different. Like you wouldn't come to me and say, I wasn't adopted. Right. Why would you say that? Yeah, because there's no reason to. There's no reason to. So I and you I, wouldn't come to me and say, "By the way, I'm not colorblind." <laughs> right. Yeah. It, absolutely. It just doesn't and so make sense. It's one of those things that you just kind of walk this line mm-hmm. that you don't. And yes, during the course of our our friendship, there were times where maybe a comment by her was made, like, um, you know, does this disease run in your family, or do you have a family history of this, or and, and you honestly didn't know, really. Right. But I think I said no or, you know what I mean? Like, I I didn't disclose it then. So right. maybe that wasn't as forthright as I should have been. Okay. And see, I think in my instance, that's when I would have broken that ice by just making a joke. You know what I mean? Like when somebody would say, hey, can you grab me the blue blanket? Then I would make a joke about it and say, by the way, I'm colorblind. Okay. You know, that's how I would have handled it. And I think, my, but that's a different situation. A, I think from a mature perspective, that is what should have happened. Right. Looking back on it. In the time, you know, I had looked at it like it wasn't something I wanted to discuss. Right. It wasn't something I wanted to go into. The thought of... Being different. Was polarizing. Mm-hmm. And so I'd always known that I was different because I was adopted. You know, my, my younger adopted brother was very kind of open with it. I mean, there was no, he wasn't, you know, he would announce it and he was, you know, <laughs> free-spirited with it. Right. And I was always so impressed by that. Whereas I was only impressed when we weren't in the same area because the minute he started talking about it and there was people around, I remember freezing. Just cringing and wanting oh, yeah. to crawl I wanted, I wanted him right. to stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I thought, oh my gosh, they're going to hear you. They're going to hear you. Mm-hmm. I remember one Thanksgiving where... My ex-husband's family was at our house and my brother and his girlfriend and my parents were at our house. And I had not told some of the members of my um, ex-husband's family. Mm-hmm. I wasn't hiding it from them, but I wasn't openly discussing it. And my brother started talking about being adopted. And I remember my breathing changed. I walked in the other room. I didn't... I didn't know how to handle handle it. And that was right before we started the agency. And so mm. I think the fact that everything is so different now, I want it to keep going in this direction. I right. want it to keep opening the door for people to openly discuss. Now, again, I don't think that somebody who's adopted needs to shake somebody's hand and say their name. And Hi, I'm Ron. I'm adopted. Right. Yeah, right. It, you're not passing the candle. It never should be like that. You know what I mean? You're right. not passing the candle and announcing... <laughs> You know, <laughs> right. So I think that that's that's important. It is very important. You know, um, adopting is more common than people actually realize, and it's becoming more and more common. Six in ten Americans have had a personal experience with adoption. This means they themselves, a family member or a close friend, has been adopted, mm-hmm. has adopted a child, or has placed a child for adoption. And that was from the Evans B. Donaldson Institute. And that was back in 1997. Wow. So 60%. That's higher than I would have expected. Have That know of somebody. That right. Doesn't mean, are yeah. in one way related to the... Or uh, friend. Right. To the adoption triad. Right. right. But again, it doesn't have to be an actual relation. It can just be a friend relation. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, it is estimated that about 1 million children in the United States live with adoptive parents. And that was in 1993. Wow. So it's... I can't imagine what it is now. I'm very curious about that. Absolutely. You know... Again, 
because we are becoming more open as a society. Mm-hmm. Now I talk about being adopted all the time because I want to break down the barriers. And obviously I'm more comfortable with it and I'm fine talking and about it. And it's taken you a while to get it's to this point. It's taken a long time. It's I'm glad you time. have because it does shine a light for everybody out there I who's curious. So. And I mean, watching you be brave Ouch. helps me be brave. <laughs> Another reason that adoption may be perceived as being difficult is somebody you may know of somebody you may have heard of somebody's friend aunt sister cousin mother's daughters whatever Mm -hmm. that had a difficult time adopting or maybe they had a really bad experience and so their experience or perception of their experience cast a negative shadow on adoption and so if you only have one friend and they did not have a successful adoption you yourself may not look at adoption as something that's easy mm-hmm. because that's your experience level. Right. And so I think that, again, as people become more educated and they see positive stories and they have, you know, more people in their circle that have had experience with adoption, hopefully that that will again, light. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing is, is that sometimes families think, well, adoption is hard because it's expensive. Mm-hmm. Yes, it can be expensive, depending on your definition of expensive. But again, you may qualify for adoption grants, a tax credit, financial gifts from family members. And I've seen a lot of adoptive families do fundraisers. Really? A lot. And what kind of fundraisers would they do? Oh, instance? I've seen everything from, really good question. I've seen everything from, um, they have all of their friends and family donate things and they have a huge garage sale. I've mm-hmm. seen that. Uh, I know of another uh, therapist that was adopting, and at her work, she put like a money jar, her adoption jar. And okay. so people would put money in the adoption jar. Uh, I have seen people do silent auctions. Mm. I have seen people do eBay accounts for adopting. I have seen... I imagine there's got to be GoFundMe pages going Absolutely. nuts for adoptions, I would think. Absolutely. Another aspect that is that has been looked at as difficult is what I like to call the waiting game. After you enroll in a domestic program, an adoption program, you don't always know what your weight is going to look like. You know, depending on your preferences, depending on how large agency you've enrolled with, how many birth moms they work with, how many placements they've had, there may or may not be, you know, a definitive length of time. Also, depending on how far along the birth mother is that you're matched with as to Mm -hmm. how long you need to wait. And so... I think society, myself included, is not always great in terms of patience levels. Right. It's oh, hard especially to these days. Everything's right. so right. instantly available. Right. We, you know, now, you know, Amazon was so fast with Prime, right? <laughs> now we have Prime now where right. it comes in two hours. Yeah. And, you know, we, we love the drive throughs and now the groceries can be brought right to your house. And so this isn't like that. I mean, you don't push a button and the stork comes two hours later, you know, with the baby. Right. I think that knowing uh, what is to be expected and what is the average weight may help a little bit. Mm -hmm. But again, the waiting time can be directly influenced by your placement preferences. So if you're Which we've talked about before. We've talked about it. And that's so important for adoptive families to remember that. The more open you are the less time that you wait. It just makes sense, right? Right. 
you know, if you have been waiting for a long time, I would recommend having an independent person who's not affiliated with the agency you're with. Mm -hmm. Look at your profile. You know, that's something that I offer to do when we go out and we do meet and greets. I'm, I'm happy if people who come just want me to glance at their profile and just tell them my recommendations. You know, this picture, I would lose this picture. I would redo this. I would add this. I would take away this. Just because sometimes your profile may not be coming across the way you're thinking it's coming across. Right. It's the same as having somebody check out your resume before you post it exactly to a job. Exactly the yep. same. Exactly the same. Okay. Did you know now that with resumes that people are putting pictures on resumes? Really? No, yeah. I had no. It's been a little while since I've looked for I a just job. helped my daughter create one. And when I was looking at the latest and greatest uh, <laughs> new things for resumes, we've come a long way. Well, uh, there absolutely. are pictures up in the upper left-hand corner. All right. Uh, another thing that can help with the weight is consider enrolling with more than one adoption agency. So if your agency allows this, like we allow it with our agency, you can enroll with our agency and another agency that that may help your weight as well. Lastly, on, on the waiting, don't make adoption your entire life. Continue to live your life. Definitely. You know, focus on everything that matters and live in the present. Making adoption, you know, what you think about first thing in the morning and, and last thing before you go to bed is like taking all of your eggs and putting them in one basket mm -hmm. and carrying that basket everywhere you go. I mean, <laughs> that right. is going to be... And you're going to miss out on the rest of life you while are. you're doing that. You are. You know? You're going to miss the sunrises and the sunsets. And you're going to miss the holidays because your focus is going to be so tunnel visioned. You may be at Easter with the family, but you're not really there. You're thinking about, is this going to work? Am I going to get matched with this birth mother that I think is, or whatever, right? Yeah. A hyper, you know, a, an adoptive family that is hyper focusing on how fast they're going to get matched and how fast may or may not have any impact whatsoever on when the time is right. You know, I, I really believe that at the end of the day, you're going to be matched with the, the adoptive mom and, and have the baby that you're supposed to have. Mm -hmm. And it is part of a journey. But at the same time, live your life. Don't, don't lose those months, years, days, whatever they are, because you can't get those back. And being in an adoption situation is beautiful and it's amazing, but you still have your regular life to lead. You still have mm -hmm. to get up in the morning and take a shower and go to work and carrying the basket of eggs with you everywhere you go can drive you insane yeah. and those around you. I would. I was just going to say that also. That's all she ever talks about is her adoption thing and blah, blah. You know? Right, because if you, you think about it. enjoy each other as people, not just as what one event is going on right there in their life. Correct. Yeah. In other words, if, if you know, every podcast, Ron, and I was to bring my basket of eggs and put it right on the table and, and then, you know, <laughs> and say, hey, you know, let's talk about the eggs. Yeah. You know, at some point you would start to think wow okay and then when the time came and you know because adoption always gets more stressful before the end because that's when you have to go through the 72 hours right you know, at that point you're shaking the basket you know what i mean <laughs> and you are you know and if it, it if it doesn't go as well i mean mm -hmm. if you have all your eggs in, in that basket and and things don't go as positively as you want them to go mm -hmm. and your eggs crack and that's been your focus then you don't have a support structure like you should have. Right. Those kind of things are really important to remember. There are 
steps to adoption, as we've talked about before. I like to call them stairs because you do one before another before another. And when you learn to walk upstairs, it's very similar to walking through an adoption. So when you do your home study and then create an adoption profile book, choose an agency, and then you get matched with a birth mom, she goes through her pregnancy, has the baby, signs the papers, and then you wait on the adoption finalization. Right. It's important, you know, for people who are struggling with the process, and again, I'm not somebody who has a lot of patience, so I do understand that. I can relate to that. A really good way to kind of combat that anxiety would be to journal. It's also something that might be fun to look back on, you know, Mm. when your child is five years, 10 years, there will always be seasons to life. And that doesn't not include adoption. So there will be seasons. So if you look at that and know that there's going to be really good times and there's going to be harder times. And when you are moving through the seasons, recognize them for what they are. There's going to be hills and valleys. And again, it's a journey. So enjoy the journey. Don't just look at the end. When you go on a roller coaster, it's fun to go up and down. Right. You don't go on the roller coaster. So at the end of it, you can jump off and get your t-shirt. Right. And nobody gets on a roller coaster thinking, boy, I can't wait till the end when it stops. That That's not the fun part. The no. fun part is the ride. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's life in general. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't wait to think, what kind of tombstone am I going to get? You know, it's not. <laughs> it's it's the okay. life. To be honest, I have thought about that. But <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I think working closely with your adoption agency, having them explain the process to you, having them create a checklist, you'll feel like you're more in control. Mm-hmm. Because again, when you know more and you understand how everything's working, it's not like a math problem that you have no idea how to get from the beginning to the end. It's, you know, exactly the steps. And if you have a checkoff, now I love lists. I will mm-hmm. write things on a list just to check them off. Are you <laughs> okay. the same way? No, I'm not. Okay. I, I literally will. I will... You know, if I have four things to do that day, well, now I have eight, but I can check off four, so I'm halfway done. <laughs> so I, I love that. So checklists are always good. Okay. Uh, another thing that may help adoption not to seem difficult is talk with other families that are going through the adoption process or maybe ones that have already gone through the adoption process. See what they did. See how, you know, they passed time. We had this one family once that uh, came out and their birth mother, uh, they, they were going to induce her. And they had to postpone it. The doctor wanted to postpone it for a while. And the family was really struggling. They they were just so anxious and so excited and they couldn't wait. And we said, live life. Like, I, we, you're in Arizona. Go to the tourist sites. Yeah. Go to the Grand Canyon. Yes, they did, actually. <laughs> and yes, it happened. The minute they're at the Grand Canyon, which is, what, four hours away yep. from here, oh, we no. get the goal. <laughs> Come so back now, from the Grand Canyon. Yeah. <laughs> so now we don't suggest that far away. Okay. Very good. <laughs> but um, yeah. there's some nice stuff down in downtown Phoenix. You'll really enjoy. Stay around there. <laughs> the Botanical Garden is exactly. too far. Exactly. We got a zoo. <laughs> we got two. <laughs> oh, that's right. One on the west side here. Yeah. yeah. And and so yeah, we don't suggest the Grand Canyon anymore. <laughs> but you get the gist of it. Yes. Like just you're here. You're not a native of Arizona. Learn about Arizona. Learn about where your baby's being born. Mm -hmm. You can tell your baby. You can take fun Learn about where the birth mother and birth father are generally from. Find out their favorite restaurant. Go visit their favorite restaurant. There you go. Find out, um, you know, and and another really good time passer is an intense movie. Go see a movie. That'll kill two hours. 
Absolutely. I do it all the time. And yeah. So if you have something really like crazy going on that's making you nervous or anxious, go sit in the movie theater. But it's got to be like an intense movie. Forget the that sad movies. It's got to okay. be intense so yeah. that you're not a good comedy. No, no, no. You got to be on the edge of your seat because that you're then, focused on right, <laughs> and nothing too too complicated. Right, like that one movie. By the way, speaking of that one movie, yes, yes here's another tangent for you. Okay, Inception with uh, Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. DiCaprio I just and... read about that movie. Do you know that he doesn't even know what the ending was supposed to be? Who doesn't? The director, Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, well, it was left open. Have you seen it? No. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not going to no, ruin it. No, no, because my daughter saw it, and she oh. tried to explain it to me, and I got confused just listening. It is, uh, it's a confusing movie. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to see that when you're trying to kill time and distract your mind from right. an adoption. Because right. that's, that's, yeah. Because then you're, like, just lost. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're back to thinking about the adoption. Yeah. So, I wish I was at the hospital thinking about the adoption. <laughs> right. So, that being said, um, hopefully these things will help you to see adoption as not being so difficult right. and break down those adoption barriers and give yourself a chance to stop and smell the roses along the way. Because at the end of the adoption and you have your beautiful child, have your beautiful journey too. It's more fulfilling, I think, if you can enjoy the journey than rather than just skip to the end. That's why you don't read the last page of a book right. when you start a book. Although I have done that as well. <laughs> So, confession time. That's what we should have titled this one. Right. Confession this, time. This was a wild one, but I liked it. <laughs> All right. We have a pregnancy crisis hotline available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112. Or you can call our toll-free number 1-800-340-9665. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get you to a safe place, provide food and clothing, and start it on creating an Arizona adoption plan or give you more information. You can check out our blogs on our website at azpregnancyhelp.com. Thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters and Adoption, written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me, Ron Rains. If you enjoy this podcast, rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. And as always, thanks to Grapes for letting us use their song, I Don't Know, as our theme song. Join us next time for Birth Mother Matters and Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Rains, and we'll see you then. <laughs>